Welcome to Eve's Corner. Eve's Corner is a show of enlightenment, encouragement, and empowerment. So we welcome you to the broadcast today. And a special welcome to those who are listening for the first time. We pray that you are blessed on today and that you leave feeling better than the way that you came in. In Jesus' name. Our show for today is you ought to show some signs. We're going to be talking about signs of gratitude. We'll be coming from the book of Psalms. We're going to go to Psalm number 100, if you have your Bible. Again, that's Psalm number 100. And before we begin to do anything, we want to go ahead and bow for a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you now, God, for your many blessings. Thank you, God, for every listener and everyone who is connected to the show on today. We pray now, God, that you uplift bow down heads, God, that you heal the sick, God, that you deliver those that need to be set free. God, send your word in the name of Jesus. Let your anointing flow on today. God, speak to me and speak through me in the name of Jesus. We thank you now, God, for the move of your spirit In this place, we thank you now, God, that your people will leave encouraged and uplifted and feeling empowered because of the word of God. Your word says that your word is truth in the name of Jesus. Your word says that as we seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, that everything that we need will be added unto us. So, God, we're seeking you. We are not seeking the things of God, but God, we we are seeking the God of the things. We are after your heart, God. We are chasing after you. We want to be more like you. We want to walk like you, God. We want to talk like you. God, fill us in the name of Jesus with your Holy Spirit. God, continue, God, to let your anointing overflow in our lives. God, just let our cups run over in the name of Jesus. Let us be bubbling from On the inside, God, with joy and peace and happiness, let the fruit of the spirit be evident in our lives. God, let your word and your light be evident and manifested even the more in us. God, let us, God, be an encouragement to others. God, we don't want to just soak up your word all the time, but we want to encourage other people. God, according to your word, help us, God, to recognize that we are overcomers in you. Help us, God, to recognize that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, God. So help us to not keep you a secret, but let us go out and tell a dying world about the God that has saved us and delivered us. Let us go out and tell a dying world about how you, Jesus, have died on the cross for our sins and have become the propitiation for our sins that We now have the right to the tree of life. Let us, God, go out and tell a dying world what they must do to be saved. 
God, we glorify you and we just thank you now, God. In the name of Jesus, we count these blessings done by faith. We declare and we decree that it is so in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We're talking again today about signs of gratitude. Our topic is you ought to show some signs like the old folks used to say. (laughs) So have you ever had someone to tell you that they're happy, but you don't see any indicators. Their face doesn't show it. Have you ever had someone to to tell you that they're encouraged or that they have joy, but there is no indicator? Matter of fact, when you look at them, they they look kind of sour. They just all sucked up and frowned up and Looking around trying to figure out why you're looking at them and, and, and you trying to figure out, well, now they, they say that they're happy. The words that are coming out of their mouths sound like they may be happy, but I don't see any indicator by looking at them. Hmm. Or have you ever been driving somewhere and you don't quite know where you're going? You're trying to get to a destination and Sometimes later you you realize I, I'm going in circles and I, I wait a minute now. You finally find your street and you notice when you look up and you get to the corner, I've been looking for an indicator of where this street is, but there is no sign. So you could have found what you needed a long time before that had there been an indicator. Of some kind. So where is the street sign? How am I supposed to know where I am? If if I don't know where I'm going, I, I need an indicator. You needed some kind of a sign. Well, saints of God, a sign is an indicator of other things. We ought to show some kind of an indicator of who we say that we are because we're very quick to tell people that we're Christians. We're very quick to tell people that we are children of God and, and, and we're very quick to tell somebody, Oh, I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm filled with his precious Holy ghost. And many of us wear our our dresses down to our ankles and our shirts buttoned up to our chins. And some of us are walking around in turtlenecks in the wintertime because we just so deep, but there is no indicator with your life. I mean, I know what you said, but I I don't see an indicator of, of who you say that you are by the way that you act. So now a sign as a noun is an object, a quality or an event whose presence or occurrence indicates the probable presence or an occurrence of something else. A sign is a gesture to convey information or instructions. So if I'm driving and I don't see a street sign or an indication of what street this is, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how to handle that situation all the time. I I need to know if I need to go straight or turn right or turn left or stop if there is no sign. I don't know necessarily what needs to be done. So I need an indicator. And today I want to talk about some indicators that reflect gratitude. Because like I said, it's it's one thing to tell me that you're grateful. You know, we we can come up with some words and, and we can sound real eloquent and, you know, We know how to to go through protocol and many of us know how to say the things that we're supposed to say. But, you know, for a lot of folks, those are just words like there there is nothing else that's evident of what you say. And then there are some of those that, that just don't say anything at all. We ought to show some signs. So in in 1958, there was a gospel group. And it consisted of 
Albertina Walker, Shirley Caesar, Inez Andrews, Dolores Washington, and a man by the name of Reverend James Cleveland. Together they make up a group, or they made up a group called the Caravans. They sang a song called Show Me Some Signs. And some of you who are listening today might remember that song. The words of that song, they, they said, well, you may not be able to, to sing like an angel. And you may not be able to preach like Paul. But you can say, I love the Lord. He heard my cry and he died for us all. They went on to say, I want the world to know. I know the man. If I couldn't say a word, I'd wave my hand. Now, if you got it, I need that old time religion. You ought to show some signs. Now, the purpose of the song was to advise Christians even in the 50s. And mind you, we feel like we have become far more progressive than the 50s. We have all kinds of Bibles and in all kinds of languages and all kinds of translations. And we have Bible dictionaries and concordances and, and all types of research materials. And many of us utilize the Internet to be able to gain more information and a better understanding about the word of God. We have progressed but don't you know that even from the 50s until now, many of us don't show any indicators of who we say that we are. There ought to be some signs. Now, according to the caravans, it, it, if you got some old time religion or if you're saved or if you are truly a child of God, even when you are in the house of God, there ought to be some clapping. They say you ought to be patting your feet. They say you ought to be praying and calling out to God. Because you know that God has heard your cry. And somebody said and pitied every groan because some of us will get to groaning. So you ought to be showing some kind of a sign when you know that God has heard you, when you know that God has delivered you, when you know that God has healed you. I'm not talking about you just heard about healing. I'm talking about some folks that you know that you know that you know that God has healed you, that God has delivered you, that God has set you free and nobody else could have done it. You ought to show some signs. And that's what we're talking about today is some signs of gratitude. People of God, we have got to start showing some signs. In Psalm number 100, we're going to do a breakdown. We're going to make sure that we're studying thoroughly. The Bible said study to show thyself approved, a workman that needs not be ashamed. So we want to make sure that we study this word so we have a good understanding. And all that getting, we, we definitely want to get an understanding. We don't want to just be quoting some stuff because we heard it. But we want to get an understanding. So looking at Psalm number 100, we want to study through the scriptures on today. And then after that, be prepared to go over to Luke, the 17th chapter. So we can talk about the 10 lepers. Amen. We ought to be of the mindset, the more I think, I thank him. Like every time I just stop and look back over my life, and I know that they made a song out of this too, but I'm telling you what I know. When I stop and I look back over my life and I truly think about things, I, I think things over. I think about where he brought me from and I think about how God has kept me and I, I think about how he's taught me and elevated me and in, in many, many ways. And I'm not just talking about things. I'm talking about even elevating my mindset, elevating my heart, my thinking. When I tell you that God has brought me from a mighty long way, I'm, I, I can truly say I have a testimony. So 
when I think things over, I know that it's God who made a way. When I, I think things over and I look back, I know that it's God who's done all these things. So I can't help but just say thank you. See, we always say when we walk into the church house, when I think of the goodness of Jesus, and it sounds very eloquent as it goes in front of speeches and, and, and things of that nature. Because, again, we know protocol. We, we know what we're supposed to say in church, most of us. But when you truly think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for you, your soul ought to cry out, hallelujah, thank God for saving me. Because nobody else could have saved you. Nobody else could deliver me. Nobody else could feel me. Nobody else could heal me. I don't, I don't care how many friends you have. They can't heal you. I don't care how many doctors you go to. They can't heal you. Think about the woman with the issue of blood. She has spent all her money on all kinds of doctors, but they couldn't do it because healing does not come from medicine. Healing comes from God. And when God do it, he don't even need no medicine. He just needs you to trust him. He just needs you to believe in him. He just needs you to have faith that he can do it and then trust him so much that even if he doesn't, that you will still serve him. Ain't nobody like Jesus. Mind you, nobody else could open those doors for you. Think about all the doors that have been opened for you. Think about how God has made a way for you. Who else could shield and protect you like God can? Nobody. He shielded and protected you from danger, seen and unseen. Can't nobody do you like Jesus. Just thinking about the goodness of God and all that he's done. The God who has restored me and made me whole. The same Jesus who hung and bled and died for me. And lastly, nobody else could rise from the dead on the third day morning like Jesus has. And also that I can have a right to the tree of life so that you may have the right to the tree of life. Not because you deserve it, because he did it even while we were still in our mess. So I can't help but thank him. I can't help but give him praise. I can't help but give him glory because I know what he's done for me. Now, even back in the day, we taught babies to say thank you. They were less than, than one years old. And we taught babies if they could not pronounce the words thank you when somebody handed them something, we would tell them, now say ta-ta. Some of y'all don't know how to say thank you. So maybe you can just start today with ta-ta so we can work our way up. Amen. <laughs> Hasn't God been good to you? You ought to tell him thank you. You ought to show some signs. You know what God has done for you. You may not even tell everybody else, but you know what God has done for you. And it's nothing wrong with having gratitude. Now let's look at Psalm number 100. The author begins in verse 1 by letting us know to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands. So the first thing that we find out from verse one is that being thankful ought to be audible. We ought to be able to hear it because he said, make a joyful noise. He didn't say have a joyful thought. He said, make a joyful noise. It ought to be audible. And guess what else? Joyful. That means that it's not a little old sad. Um, thank you. That means that it also applies to everybody because it said all ye lands. Everybody including you. So we're not just going to assume that the giver knows that the givee, which is us, is grateful. But we're going to provide an indicator that we are appreciative. We're going to provide an indicator or a sign and not just any old indicator either, but a joyful, audible indicator because we didn't deserve anything that God gave us. 
He blesses us no matter what. See, the word of God says that he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. So a lot of times we know we don't deserve a lot of the things that God does. And he blesses us anyway. He doesn't owe us anything. He's just full of mercy and grace. So that means unmerited favor, whether we deserve it or not. Because a lot of times we know we're wrong and look up and he still blesses us anyway. The songwriter said he just keeps on doing great things for me. Think about it, whether we deserve it, we deserve it or not. Let's go ahead and, and look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness. It says, come before his presence with singing. So, first and foremost, if we're going to serve the Lord with gladness, think about this. You decide to go to your favorite restaurant. And the person who comes over to the table to serve you is grouchy. They go ahead and they take your order. The food comes back. It's the only time they've showed up. They haven't checked on you any other time. But by the time the food comes back, they come and just kind of throw the food on the table. And you ask them for some steak sauce or something that's not on the table. They're they looking at you like, I know you're not talking to me. Like they don't even want to be there. So they leave the food there and expect you to want it. Expect you to want to be there. And they actually expect a tip and want you to come back to their place of business. Now, are you going to go back? Normally under those circumstances, no. Now, think about this. You go into a store, your favorite store. We may just, we'll just say Walmart. And you go in and you pick up several things and you've spent a lot of time. You've spent a lot of energy. You are an advocate for this store. You've told several of your friends, oh, girl, I just go in Walmart and I just go in there and get lost. Walmart is just my favorite store. So you in here in your favorite store and you're getting ready to spend a lot of money. And you come up to the register, and the clerk is just standing there. You look at her. She looking at you. She didn't say, welcome. How you doing? Did you find everything okay? She's just looking at you. So you, you go ahead and put your things on the belt, and she's still just looking at you. She goes ahead and reluctantly starts to bring up your items. And you hear her under her breath complaining. I'll be glad when I get off work. She's sighing. She's leaning on the register. And now, wait a minute. Now, now she stopped to check her phone. Now she's texting Ray Ray. Not even paying you any attention. So eventually she gets back to you and your items. And you're just standing there looking puzzled. She finally finishes bringing everything up. And she doesn't even tell you your total. She just turns the screen around so you can see it. Like, figure it out. And she's waiting on you to go ahead and pay for this. So you go ahead because you need the items and swipe your card or whatever and you're done with the transaction. She hands you the receipt. Still don't say thank you. Thank you for shopping at Walmart. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you for spending your time and your effort and your energy, your hard-earned money in our store she, she's not saying thank you about anything. She's just looking at you like, get your stuff, lady, go ahead. And you're feeling like, why would I continue to even give them my business? You're feeling like, why should I come back in here again and give them my money? But don't you know that sometimes this is how we treat God? We want to give him substandard service. We don't have the time really to, to come to church. Some of us are sitting there and, and, and while we're there, we're in there texting Ray Ray and them too, just like the cashier. We're not looking like we want to be bothered. 
and not one time have we said thank you. We've forgotten all about serving with gladness. And quite frankly, you just sitting there taking up space. Just like that bad cashier. You sitting there doing the bare minimum. We haven't come into his presence with singing. No, we come in with another agenda. We come in complaining. We come in looking at somebody else's shoes and their outfit and trying to figure out who's looking at me. And Lord, please don't let the preacher preach too long. Because if he preach five minutes longer than, than his normal average, you upset now. Because you're trying to get to the buffet. You got to get to Piccadilly. You, you got to get to Golden Corral. You, you got to get to Ryan's for all you can eat. That's where your focus is. Some of y'all trying to, to get home to watch the NFL games on Sundays. He preaching too long. What's wrong with him? And you upset for real. And some of us are sitting there in the house of God, just like the cashier. Like we don't want to be there. We have a nerve, just like the cashier, to be sitting up looking for a payday. We have the nerve to want things from God, but this is how we treat him. We have the nerve to want the presence of God to dwell among us. Just like the cashier wants us to come back to the store. Because quite frankly, if they don't have any business, they can't stay open and she won't have a job. Don't you know this is how we treat God? Did you serve at all or did you just take up space? Were you sitting in church Texting and looking around and looking at the time and ready to go? Or did you go there to serve God? Is there any indicator that you were serving with gladness? Is there any indicator that you were happy to be in the house of the Lord? Is there any sign? People of God, we ought to show some signs. Look at verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So first of all, looking at verse three, we have to know that if we are the sheep of his pasture, that makes him our shepherd. And we have to understand the duties and responsibilities that come along with being a shepherd. We have to remember that we belong to him. We have to remember that since he is our shepherd, he's going to be the one to provide provision. He's going to be the one to provide protection. He's the one to provide our peace. Everything that we need as his sheep is found in him. It belongs to us just because he's our shepherd. He's got this. So that means that if by any chance there is a wolf somewhere out there lurking in the dark and, and we don't even know that he's there. But God knows. And he's there to protect us. He's going to take care of the wolf. He's going to get rid of the wolf. He's going to deal with that wolf. But we have to know that it's God who is there to protect us. Guess what else? He also has to protect us from ourselves. Because some of us sheep go walking off on the edge of the cliff, just, you know, putting one toe over. You mess around and slip off. And then you look up. Guess what? He's right there. And he takes the end of that rod, not the sharp end, but he takes the end of the rod with the hook to pull you right on back because you've been hanging out on the cliff a little too long. And you messed up and you fell. But don't you know he'll leave the other sheep just to come and bring you back home to make sure that you're protected, to make sure that you're covered, to make sure that you have everything that you need. Protection. And your provision. 
Our provision comes from God because this is not just about food, but God is our source. Yeah, we have jobs and our jobs are our resource. But there's plenty of folks with jobs that still can't make ends meet. There's plenty of folks with jobs that still homeless. There's plenty of folks with jobs that still don't have a car. There's plenty of folks with jobs that still don't have any peace. There's plenty of folks with jobs that have medical issues and they don't know what to do. So just having a job, no, that job is, is, is your resource. God is yet your source. He is your shepherd. He's the good shepherd. And he knows how to take care of his sheep. So in understanding, verse 3, you need to know it. You need to know who he is. You need to know what he does. You need to know what he provides for you. You need to know that if you need some protection or some provision or you need some peace, you don't need to call Miss Cleo. You don't need to call Sister Suchy Much up the street. If you need some peace, you need to talk to God. You need to go to your provider. You need to talk to your shepherd because he cares for his sheep. But you've got to know who he is. You need to know if you need rest. It's found in the good shepherd. You need to know if your spirit needs to be calmed and some things are trying to cause you to be anxious. That you can go to the good shepherd. You need to know that if you need nourishment for your soul through the word of God, that you can go to the good shepherd. You ain't got to try to depend on somebody else to give you the word. You can talk to God for yourself. You can pray for yourself. You need to have a relationship with him for yourself. Go to the good shepherd. You have to know who your source is. Know who he is. Know what he's done for you. Know what he is yet doing in your life. Know what he wants to do for you. All those visions and ideas and goals and dreams that he's shown you. He didn't show you for nothing. He's got this. He's the good shepherd. But you have to know who he is. You have to know that you can rely on him. You have to know that you can trust in the Lord. According to Proverbs 3. With all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge God. And if you need some direction, he will direct your paths. Everything that you need is found in the good shepherd. But you've got to know it. Knowing is half of your battle. You have to know it even in the face of your enemies. You have to know it even in the midst of circumstances and different crises that may come up. You have to know that he is God and that he holds us in the palm of his hands and no one can pluck us out. You have to know that he is God. Your strong tower. You have to know that he is God. Your provider for every single thing. You have to know it. Now let's go to verse four. Verse four says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and unto his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Verse 4 tells you how to get to him. Verse 4 tells you how to get his attention. And it's very clear. You get to him and you get his attention with praise and adoration. You get to him and you get his attention by putting your focus on him and not on the things that are going on around you. If you want to get next to him, you learn how to be thankful and bless his name. If you want to get to him, you learn how to have some gratitude for what he's done and lift him up. Not the issue, not the circumstances. Don't keep talking about what the enemy is doing. You lift Jesus up. If you want to get to him, you want him to have his attention on you, then you praise him and see when he move. Be thankful for what you already have. Not always begging and asking for things like he's Santa Claus. But being thankful for what you already have. 
That's how you can get his attention. Show him how thankful you are. Don't come in the door whining and complaining all the time. You don't get his attention by always talking about what's wrong. And guess what? That theory works in the natural as well. For my brothers who are listening, if you are going to take a woman out on a date and you get to the house and you walk up to the door, you didn't sit in the yard and blow. I said you walk up to the door and you knock on the door and she doesn't even open up the door. And say hello. Instead, she walks up and says, well, you five minutes early. You too early. I still need time to put on my makeup. Complaining. So, eventually she gets ready and you walk out to the car and you go over to her side to open the car door. Again, I, I didn't say you jump in on your side and lean over and unlock her side. But you go around to let her into the car. And... She says, I can get it myself. I can get my own door. You ain't got to do all that. Oh, okay, okay. Well, now you go ahead and you drive on over to the restaurant. You're trying to have a conversation. You get there. You take her to her favorite place to eat. And you get to the table and you get ready to pull out a chair for her. And she says, what are you doing? I don't even want to sit right there. I, I want the other seat. Now, by now, some of y'all brothers who are listening, <laughs> I know you would have gave up a long time ago and turned around and took her back home. But, you know, I'm talking about a brother. Hang in there, brother. That's his name. We're talking about hang in there, brother. So <clears throat> you go ahead and you seat her where she'd like to be seated. And the waiter comes over and she orders the most expensive item on the menu. And then she doesn't eat it. And you look up and you say, OK, uh, is, is something wrong with your food? Uh, what's What's wrong? She's sitting there with her face turned up and looking around at everybody else. Ugh, I, I just, my filet mignon was dry and I don't know. My lobster got cold while I was trying to cut that hard meat and I'm just ready to go home. And now hanging there, brother's looking like, Lord, have mercy. I, I done did everything I thought I could do for this woman. Now she's ready to go home. Okay, so you go ahead and take her home. <clears throat> you get to the house. You can't even put the car in park. She done jumped out the car, ran in the house, and shut the door. <laughs> All you would have liked for her to even say at any point in time in this date was thank you. This woman has whined and complained and all night long. You fed her the best food and you treated her like a queen. And all you would have wanted was a little bit of gratitude. Well, saints of God, once again, God gives us his absolute best. He gives us the best meals and he's told us that we are children of the most high God. So, so here we are, kings, queens, princes and princesses, but we don't act like it. He does the same types of things for us, whether we deserve it or not. And we sit there and we'll complain even if we stub our toe. We sit in his presence. And after he blesses us and continues to provide for us and gives us his absolute best, the least that we can do is say, Lord, I thank you. Thank you, God, for your provision. And God, thank you for always nourishing me and sending a word in due season. Thank you, God, for always encouraging my heart and lifting up my head when it's bowed down. Because we're out here. We're not of this world, but God, because we're in it sometimes, we, we face some circumstances. And God, I thank you for just being there and shielding me and protecting me and keeping me covered in your blood. Thank you, God, for, for giving me your peace. Thank you, God, for making my enemies my footstool. You didn't have to take them away, God, because they, they made me stronger just in having to deal with them. And then you turned around and made them my footstool. And they saw you as you prepared a table for me. 
even in their presence so that they could understand and glorify you. But God, I, I just want to say thank you. God, I'm thanking you not just for, for all that you've done, but sometimes most of us need to go back and say, God, I, I thank you for coulda, woulda, shoulda. Because for many of us, I, I could have been dead and sleeping in my grave. Uh, it could have went another way. For many of us, I would have lost my mind a long time ago. Had it not been for Jesus who kept me and he helped me to keep my mind stayed on him. He kept me in perfect peace. He told me if I just put on the mind of Christ that he would keep me. And all he wanted me to do was just say thank you. Don't you know if you would just bless him he will bless you. We have to stop with complaining and learn how to just be thankful for what we do have. Paul said that he learned how to be a base and he learned how to abound. He learned how to be up. He learned how to be down. But he learned that whatever state he found himself in, that he could still be thankful People of God, I'm not saying that we always have everything we want. I'm not saying that God always answers right away. But he does answer. And he definitely does give you what you need. And if you obey him, he'll also give you those desires of your heart. But we have to learn to be content where we are. Because we're not supposed to be seeking the blessings in the first place. We're supposed to be seeking first the kingdom of God. We're supposed to be seeking first his righteousness. We're supposed to be chasing after him. Not what he can give us. Not chasing after what he can do for us. But we're supposed to be chasing after him. And as we do that, as we seek him, as we seek his righteousness, he provides every single thing that we need. Because he is the good shepherd. Now let's go to verse 5. And this is the last verse in Psalm number 100. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. Come on now. Looking at verse 5. We know and we understand that God is a good God. Now, there's some other folks serving some little G gods that they have to carry around and keep in their pocket. There's some other folks serving some, some gods who are dead. You serve a risen Savior. You serve the God who created the universe. You serve the God who holds the world in the palm of his hands. You serve a merciful God. You serve a God whose word is truth and it endures forever. And like I said, some of these other folks is out here serving whoever or whatever. And it's funny that they acknowledge those little G gods all the time. You, you can't even go and get your nails done. They got their little, little G god Sitting up in the nail shop. You scared to have a Bible on your desk. You go out and you see other folks dressed and acknowledging their beliefs or their faith or their religion, their tradition. But, but we won't even say thankful. Thank you. And, and we serve a, a true and living God. His mercy and his grace is following you. He's got your back. He's giving you armor for when you go out, that breastplate of righteousness and that helmet of salvation. Your loins are gird with the gospel of truth. Your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. He gave you a sword, which is the word of God, to fight off any enemy. And we can't even say thank you. 
But don't you know he still loves us right on through it? Even in all of that, he loves us right on through it. Because we don't always get it right. But aren't you glad that he doesn't condemn you for that? Now let's go over to Luke the 17th chapter. I'm, I'm not going to uh, go through each verse. And I'm reading from the King James Version. We know that this is the story where uh, Jesus healed the ten lepers. So going down to about the 11th verse, yeah, verse 11. Here we find that Jesus was going to Jerusalem and on his way, he had to pass through uh, the middle of Samaria and Galilee. And as he was on his way, uh, he passed through a certain part of town, kind of outside the city, uh, where there were 10 men uh, who kind of stood a ways off. Because for those of you who understand leprosy, what they believed is that it was highly contagious and they couldn't be in the city because they were considered unclean. They couldn't be around everybody else because they were considered unclean. Uh, so here it is that Jesus is, is going right into their village where other folks didn't fool with them. And some of y'all have been some of these folks that other folks didn't fool with. Sometimes we get that... Uh, Spiritual amnesia, and we forget where God has brought us from. But some of us have been that, that person on the outside that nobody would deal with. And, and so you can imagine how these people felt. It was just understood that, that folks wouldn't go food with them. So here it is that Jesus goes to where they are. And they begin to cry out to him and say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. We're at verse 13. And he saw them and he said unto them, go show yourself to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, first of all, if the priest was going to do something for them, he could have done it in the first place. Instead, the church folks had them out there on the outskirts. And now we ain't going to get on church folks today, but that's that's a whole nother message. Uh, but they cried out to God. And he told them to go back to where it is that they had come from so that the people could see that Jesus had indeed healed them. But they were just obedient and just started walking. And as they were walking the Bible says they were cleansed or they were healed. Now, many of us know this story. The funny thing is, is they just went in obedience. They asked God to have mercy on them. And as they were walking, as they were being obedient to God, as they were doing what it is that God told them, which is what some of us need to do, just do what God told you and you'll get what you need on the way. But as they were doing what God told them to do, they were cleansed. And so in verse 14, and when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves into the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Now we're talking about somebody who has an attitude of gratitude. We're talking about somebody who. Rec he recognized what it is that God did for him. And he had to go back and cry out. To glorify God. Because he already know where it came from. See the folks couldn't help him in the first place. The folks let him sit on the outside of the city. And be ostracized and criticized. And talked about and left alone and abandoned. With a whole bunch of folks just like them. Because quite frankly, they didn't really know what was wrong. But they just, you know, they couldn't help them. So it's like, you, you stay your little old contagious self out there. 
And us holy deep folks are going to stay over here at our nice, beautiful, big old church. And y'all just going out there and be together. Amen. Well, that's not what Jesus did. And so when the man recognized what it is that had taken place, he decided to go back. Now, that's something that some of us miss. The man goes back to where Jesus was and he fell down at his feet. The Bible says in verse 16 and, and he gave him thanks and he was a Samaritan. Now, wait a minute. You mean he wasn't one of the church folks? Mm -mm. He was somebody that was considered substandard. He wasn't good enough. He was somebody that had no business out there worshiping God. Remember the Samaritan woman at the well? She had the nerve to get smart with Jesus. So in verse 17, Jesus answered and said, well, now it was 10 of y'all, wasn't it? I know I, I sent 10 of y'all back to the priest. What, what other nine? He knew the answer. And in verse 18, the Bible says, there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And guess what happened in verse 19? So Jesus told him, well, you go on back because now your faith has made you whole. Now that's something to think about. He healed 10 and only one came back to say thank you. But his gratitude moved him from just being healed to now being made whole. And people of God, that's a total difference. Some of you are just scraping the surface. Just like the other nine lepers. For what it is that God wants to do for you. It's the difference in coming home from a long, hard day's work and having a ham sandwich for dinner versus coming home and having some chicken and some collard greens and some sweet potatoes and some corn on the cob and some cornbread muffins and a glass of sweet tea with a big old lemon in it and having some, some pound cake for dessert. Now, the ham sandwich does keep you from being hungry, but the chicken dinner caused you to be totally fulfilled. It took care of what you need and also gave you what you want. It totally restored your energy levels. It probably encouraged you, like, I'm going to pack up some of this and, and take some of these leftovers for lunch because you got something to work with when you've been made whole versus just simply healed. Whole is total restoration. The total restoration that was experienced by one thankful man came from his being thankful, came from him showing signs of gratitude. The other ones might have just thought about it. The other ones might have been like, oh, okay, this is pretty cool. I, I, we've been healed all right now and went walking around showing people but didn't even think to go back to say thank you to Jesus. Didn't even think to go back to the one that did it. And you've been out here all this time going through the things that you've been going through. And you begin to just scrape the surface for what it is that God has to offer you. And you didn't even have the time or didn't care to walk back to show gratitude. You didn't care or have the time with all that God has brought you out of with the change that's now come upon your life. You don't have time to give God some thanks. He didn't have to do it, but he did. You're not even one of his and he blessed you anyway. Folks had abandoned you. People couldn't help you. You couldn't fix it by yourself. But you don't have the time or the wherewithal or the desire to go back 
and say, God, I thank you. God, I praise you. You delivered me. You brought me out. Has God restored anybody who's listening on today? Has he not made you whole? I'm telling you what I know. The God that I serve will bring total restoration upon your life. But it's the difference in a ham sandwich and a chicken dinner until you learn how to just say thank, thank you. Because folks don't want to fool with you when you act like you're ungrateful. And yes, I told you, God still reigns on the just as well as the unjust. But think about how you feel when you do something for somebody and they don't even have the time to come back and say thank you. I didn't have to give you that money. I didn't have to buy you that item. I didn't have to bring you anything. I didn't have to feed you. I just wanted you to say thank you. Think about how you feel when you're bending over backwards, even if it's for your children or your spouse, your neighbor. And yes, some church folks do it too. Think about how you feel when you go out of your way for somebody to pick up somebody for church and they won't even say thank you. And you've chauffeured them there and back. How hard is it? Don't you know you're cutting off your own blessings? When you are thankful, according to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18, that will stop you from complaining. You won't even have time to keep complaining about, well, I, 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 I thought it was going to be this, but instead they gave me that. But I mean, I'll take it. You don't have time to complain if you spend more time being grateful for what you have. According to St. John 6 and 11, this is where Jesus was out preaching and, and he blessed the fish and the loaves from a little boy's lunch to feed 5,000. Don't you know that if you have a need, and you stop complaining and just put what you do have in God's hands and just give thanks. Some of you don't have enough to pay your bills, but have you paid your tithes? Maybe that's why you don't have enough. Give what you have to God. Be obedient to the word of God. Be obedient to what he's told you to do and give thanks and watch him multiply your resources. According to 2 Corinthians 2 and 14, gratitude helps you to see what you do have and you won't spend so much time focusing on what you don't have. It doesn't matter what's going on. It's just important that you just learn to be grateful. You ought to show some signs. We learn how to say thank you in many languages. Like I said, the, the babies are, are saying ta-ta. In Spanish, we say gracias. In French, we say merci. In, in Italian, it's gracie. In Chinese, it's doje, dojaye. In German, we say danke. In Russian, it's spaziba. In Korean, it's pronounced Gamsahabrida. In Iceland, they say Tak. In Hawaii, they say Mahalo. In Hebrew, it's Toda. But God just wants you in whatever language, audibly, to say thank you. Because he didn't have to do it, but he did. Thank you so much for joining on today. If you would like to donate to Campbell Ministries and support Eve's Corner and or your big sister's closet, you can go to our website. That's CampbellMinistries.com. Campbell Ministries also does career readiness and career relevance training. So if in your community you are a pastor uh, or a community advocate and you would like to have some trainings in your area, 
uh, for how to get a job, how to do an interview, how to do a resume, things of that nature. Or if you're already on the job and you need to know how to get promoted, the types of things that you need to do to remain relevant, you can contact me via email at acampbell681 at ymail.com. If you'd like to donate by mail or if you would like to contact us with a letter, you may send that to P.O. Box 16214, Jackson, Mississippi, 39236. And if you're in the area and you would like to donate to your big sister's closet, again, that's a ministry for our young ladies who cannot afford to go to prom. So if you have an evening gown that's gently used, if you would clean it and send it to P.O. Box 16214 and or contact me locally, I will pick it up. I will clean it for you um, so that young ladies who are graduating are able to go to prom if they can't afford it. If you're in the area, you don't have a good church home, stop by the Wordful Gospel Baptist Church. We're located at 3023 Percy V. Simpson Drive. God bless you and God keep you until next time. Oh.